Well, I'm ready when you all are. Okay, cool. We've been recording. What? (laughs) (laughs) Another week, another Weebskers, I guess. Woo! Welcome to Weebskers. It's been a while. Has it? I think it's been about three weeks. Damn, has it? Well, since we recorded, maybe, but we recorded like two in one week once, so... Oh, two in a span of like a seven-day period. Yeah, that's a week, so... Like, uh, oh, we yeah. did one Friday, and then we did another the next Friday. But yeah, no, it's been about three and a half weeks since we've recorded. It's great that we're going to start the episode about uh, the discourse on what weeks are and how they work. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the episode where we talk about how long a week is. <laughs> Apparently seven days. Um, All right. You got any news for the week? All right. So, ooh, there's been a lot. So, Demon Slayer Season 2. Um, they announced that they're redoing the Mugen Train arc. I was, I had feelings about that. Yeah. I mean, do you want to explain your feelings? No, I thought I just mentioned that I had them. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, obviously, the Mugen Train movie is really good, so it's not like I regret going to see it or anything, but it does seem a little bit weird that they put out this movie and said, this is season two, you have to go watch it, and they're going to remake it anyway. Uh, I'm still going to re- I'm gonna rewatch oh, it when it obviously. comes out, because there's definitely going to be extra content, and it's going to be a different experience, but just, I was a little like... Are you, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can see why, because it's one of those things that if someone is just watching the show and they're not aware of the movie, like years in the future or six months from now, um, they'll note if there wasn't a, like, a anime, like, the TV series version of that, there would be a giant gap in, oh, they're boarding a train with the fire Hashira, and then they're just not doing that now. Can I ask a question about how they're releasing it? Sure. So we're not going to have to wait seven weeks for there to be, like, new content, right? Or is that how they're doing it? No. Because so, it would be well, great if it's, like, Demon Slayer's coming back. By the way, it's just the Mugen Train arc. Yeah, that's well, what I thought, okay, too. Okay, so they're starting, so... I think they're starting off the season with a Rengoku, like, one, like, a adaptation of the Rengoku one-shot they did at one point. I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on that. And that's, like, before, or like, when Which he is first set gets before, to the train. Yeah, I okay. think it's the process of him getting to the train. Ugh, I can't wait. Right. I assume um, he just boarded it. <laughs> then, Obviously not if they made a one-shot about it, Jason. And then um, it just, like, new animation, new music, new apparently some extra stuff that they cut from the manga that they were bringing back for the anime adaptation. We'll find out. Um, but, yeah, there is seven weeks of that. And then, which is, I find this really interesting. So in the, like, the fall lineup, they have the Mugen Train arc and then Entertainment District arc listed as two separate shows. Which I find really funny because in every other like major shonen that they have like a twenty four episode, or in this case twenty seven episode, um, like season, they just advertise it as the one thing, not two separate arcs. It's just like a neat little advertising thing, I guess. Do we know how long Entertainment District is going to be? Is it supposed to be a full twenty four? Or are we I think like... it's ten. No, <laughs> so we have to wait seven weeks to just get ten meager episodes. Yes. We're starving here. Are wow. you kidding? At least that's what I've been told. But it's weird because it starts in, like, December, which I guess is still technically part of the fall season, but everyone, like, sort of, like, thinks December is part of the winter anime. Anyway. Damn, I guess we gotta um, punt Demon Slayer because we're just not getting enough content to even. Right. This is oh, so yeah. bad. Um, but no, there's some there's some good-looking anime coming in the fall twenty one oh, season. Which like Attack on Titan Season 4? That's, that's, uh, that's uh, winter. That's uh, winter. Okay, okay. Uh, it's, uh, like, no, I'm not ready. Uh, no, some other big names. Um, Sakugan, Platinum End, um, 8686 is getting its second season, which I am so excited for as the resident Mecha fan. 
Um, first season gave me a lot of emotions that I will not describe because yikes. I have zero thoughts. Trauma. Um, yeah. Um, have to talk about this. The Macross movie is coming out in, God, four days now, but it won't be available in the States, and I'm very sad about that. Yeah, so fall 2021 is a real, real letdown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about no. that. Uh, y'all movie. forgetting about the live-action Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Oh, God. That's this fall. So, yeah, Netflix is adapting Cowboy Bebop, but live-action. And the opening dropped, and they're still using... God, what's it called? Tank. Tank. Tank! Which, I mean... <laughs> it's so good. It's such a great opening, but, like, the live-action is just kind of, like, a... Weird. Why? I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm probably gonna try watching it. I'm not gonna like try and judge it too much, but I also just think there's never any reason to make an anime into live action. And, like, the anime's the guy... always gonna be better. Just like leave it. Yeah. Like the characters look good. Yeah. Like they do genuinely look good. Um, though I have heard they completely cut out Ed. I will kill my. Um, I, I'm not gonna say that on stream. I will. On stream or streaming? <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they cut out it. Now, granted, I haven't even finished the like anime. Um, I'm in the process Boo. of it. I've been really busy. Do you want me to read out super chat since we're streaming right oh, now? Oh yeah, yeah. Shut <laughs> up. Um, God. Also, since the last time we or er, uh, recorded, not streamed, um, Star Wars Vision has dropped. Um, I don't think either of you guys have watched any of that. No, I'm considering um, it, but like I, I give it honestly. I would give it a full ten out of ten. Um, they're a great little set of anthologies that if you have the basic understanding of Star Wars that good guys, good, Sith, bad, oh, um, I think you'll be fine. Red, bad, green, pretty blue, much. good. Yeah, pretty much. If you understand red, maybe not good guy, you'll be set. Um, I think some of my favorite episodes were done by Studio Trigger, which... Studio Trigger's pretty great. I mm -hmm. can't off the top of my head... Uh, tell you who they or what animes they have done. Let me do a quick little Google search. So, I mean, they, they did like Kill a Kill. Um, they did Darling in the Franks, fun fact. Didn't know that. I don't know any studios. I know like a few, like Studio Bone and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, they've had some pretty good. I only know Mappa because of Attack on Titan <laughs> Season 4, and that's all. You know who else? Or know, know what else Mappa animated? JJK. <laughs> they've, they've animated, like, basically everything. They've animated like, a lot. Oh, my um, gosh. Anyway, so, yeah. I mean, if you guys have ever been like, what if Star Wars but Katana lightsabers? That does Star Wars sound. Visions. It was really good. This does um, sound up my alley, kind of, except... The Star Wars fan base has been very divided on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter about wow, what they think about Zeke it. Wow, out here on the Star Wars fan Facebook groups? No, I just look at the comments under the, all the like posts they put. Man. And people are like, what? They breathed in space? That doesn't make sense in Star Wars. You know, like, it's, a, it's a fantasy series. Like, chill out. Also, I will die on this hill. Zeke, nerds are famously charitable in their uh, oh, critiques. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, um, I will die <laughs> oh, on this hill. I'm so shocked by the hatred. I've never experienced this from a nerd before. Right. Um, we'll die on this hill, though. Star Wars is not sci-fi. Thank you. All right. Um, cool. Any other anime news? <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't. I think we're pretty good. Um, not a lot's happening. I mean, there's just been a lot of, like, because there's an SAO movie coming out soon. The JJK movie is coming out soon. So we've just been getting a lot of, like, teasers and little, like, art clips from that. Did you say an SAO movie? Yeah. 
SAO is still happening. That's still a thing. Oh yeah, dude. Dude, they're, they're milking still that until the cow dies. I mean, then it started like 2011. Yeah, that is sure. so long ago. Okay, when did when was Attack on Titan first serialized? 2009. Well, yeah, but that just makes me feel old. And I'm pretty sure the SAO like light novels and manga, whatever they started off with, was like 2009, 2008. So sure. same time frames. So All right. long ago. Anyway. Okay, but the difference is that one stayed good, so... <laughs> Fair well, enough. Hey. Oh, you haven't seen the rest of Attack on Titan yet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, Reddit, rather. Oof, it's full. <laughs> but we'll be... That'll be probably January we get to talk about that fun stuff. Yes. I won't be here that episode. <laughs> yeah, it's I kind mean, of cool. it'll be the, by the time it's, like, airing. No, I won't be here that episode. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll be... I'll recluse myself. Thanks. <laughs> Have you finished the first half of season four yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I okay. did. I just watched it a little. Well, I started it a little late, but I was actually watching them as they came out. I just remember mm-hmm. that you told me at one point that you were just not watching the last episode of the first Oh, half. no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I did. We didn't... are almost a year past. Oh, I just forgot. I, I, I thought I'd finished it. Okay, not much obviously happens in that episode if. Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Watch the episode, Becca. No, I don't want to. Um, so, uh, yeah. Show well, if I watch it right now, it's just going to make me upset again. So I'll, re- I'll watch the last episode right before I wasn't, the next part comes out. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Jaegerist arc, so I didn't really watch it, right? Because I'd already read it, and it wouldn't be different, right? Um, but yeah, that last episode will probably be pretty, because if it's the part that I'm making it is, then yeah. It might be. Wow, this, rip yeah. me. I asked <laughs> my nice friend, little... I asked her, I was like, oh, I don't watch the last one, did I miss anything? She's like, not really. <laughs> well, your friend is a liar. Anyway. Sorry, Michelle, I love you. Shoujo. Right, so today we're going to be talking about the shoujo genre, so I'll be taking it over a little because I'm a resident shoujo fan, but... Um, first, I'm just going to go into a little history and background of the genre, some definitions, some some famous manga- mangakas or whatever. And so if, I, if either of you have any questions, please stop me, um, because otherwise it will be a really long time of me just talking about the history. Okay, cool. Just for my sources, I used a history of shoujo manga from the user The Master of Go from the site Fraction of Fiction, and shoujo manga's lost generation from author Megan D on the site Anime Feminist. So when you think of shoujo, if you're familiar with the genre, you likely think of romance, cliches, and miscommunications, huge, shiny eyes, long flowing hair, and lots of handsome men surrounding the heroine. And that is how you say it, right? The same way as heroin, like the drug? Yeah, yeah, and actually, I do have a question. Right, <laughs> all right, yeah. I, I said it, and then I was like, "Am I supposed to pronounce that different than the drug?" <laughs> um, I do have a question though. The like long flowy hair. It's only been one sentence. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I'm engaging with. Okay, so when you talk about like r- these cliches, huge shining eyes, long flowing hair, that kind of stuff, where does that like derive from in shoujo? That like sort of genre stereotype. Wow, maybe I'll describe the first. Okay, um, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> the first, the first shojo mangas. Um, maybe a couple paragraphs down. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but 
Well, and Shoujo at its core is really a community effort. So, you know, it's hard to pinpoint stuff like that. Like, there's no, this is the origin of the flowing hair and the shining eyes. You know, it's kind of just stuff that that came together and came to be with different elements from different things coming together to create this genre that's really focused on, like, the visuals and the sound effects and all of that. Anyway, <laughs> these are a lot of common themes in modern shoujo or manga and anime that's targeted at young girls and women. But at its core, shoujo began as an examination of gender and sexuality. So manga targeting girls can be traced back to as early as the 1920s, although this was usually silly and episodic. Serialized and story manga targeted at girls or manga that usually actually followed a plot and was intended for more than just comedy, it didn't come around until about 30 years later in the 50s. This shoujo of the 50s shared a lot of characteristics with the shoujo that we know and love today, but not all of them. For one thing, a lot of the most prolific shoujo mangakas at the time were men, such as Osamu Tezuka, who's also known as the father of modern manga, so it makes sense that he would have been heavily involved with the, the beginnings of the true, as we know it, shoujo genre. But if you're looking at it today, a lot of shoujos are written and made by women. So it's just an interesting little flip that you see there. So Tezuka serialized Ribbon no Kishi, or Princess Knight, and it ran from 1953 to 1958. A lot of people consider this the starting point for a long-running story manga, and it told the story of a princess who had to assume the identity of a man in order, in order to attain her throne. Princess Knight became an example of several classic shoujo manga and anime tropes that we will see today, like romance, drama, and fantasy, but also the really interesting trope of cross-dressing and examinations of gender that still really permeate to uh, shoujo manga and anime today. So cross-dressing is pretty common in shoujo anime, huh? Yeah, I'd say it's actually a really big part of a lot of it. It's in a lot of my favorite shows. Um, and it's just this interesting... Again, like I said, examination of gender in anime. Um, Cross-dressing, I guess, isn't something that a lot of people would see as super radical and progressive, but at the same time, you know, for the 50s, you know, that's pretty good. And it's still something that's interesting to look at today because it really takes a look at the difference in treatment that people get um, depending on how they're perceived. So I I think it's really interesting when shows use this well. Yeah, definitely. No, that's that's really interesting. It's interesting that it sort of emerges on in the 50s of all places that's yeah and, yeah and from a, a male mangaka mangaka as well yeah i thought that was interesting too because i didn't know really about this at all until i started researching for this episode yeah and i i knew cross-dressing was a big um trope in in shoujo anime but i hadn't really thought about you know where it originated and i do think it was interesting and really cool that it was a man who who started it because i don't know it's just cool but then in the 70s, that's when the year 24 group arose, and the authors of this group really redefined shoujo manga and further examined ideas of gender and sexuality, and many, if not most of them, were women, including names like Motohajio and Ryoko Ikeda and many more. While they wrote about different topics and subgenres within shoujo, this generation of manga artists lay the ground for the aesthetics and themes that permeate the genre to this day, and apparently I'm really into the word permeate because that is now twice. But it's very accurate, though. Yeah, it's a fun word. (laughs) This shoujo revolution also took place during the second wave of the feminist movement in Japan, which definitely affected the manga of the time and the manga to come. It didn't just affect the stories, of course. I mean, that's why we saw more more female mangakas. So it's really interesting. Um, And in the stories, heroines became less passive and continued with the depiction of a more 
otenba, or tomboy type of heroine that blossomed in the 60s. Since then, shoujo has evolved to become an even more diverse and broad genre. The lines of what is and isn't a shoujo-style show are pretty blurred. And for that reason, there's so many subgenres that you could pretty much make an episode out of any of them. So for subgenres of, sh- of shoujo, a couple really interesting ones. Um, the first one is the birth of reverse harems. And we've talked about this previously, I believe, but a harem anime is an anime where there is a typically male protagonist who is surrounded by female love interests. And these shows are usually classified as rom-com. But, and I'll talk about this later, not all rom-com is shoujo. <laughs> Um, there, there are differences there. So a lot of harem anime, I am, I am slow or, or hesitant to classify as shoujo, but there are a couple that I think definitely fit. Um, I forgot the name of one of them. It was on my list, though. I watched a little bit of it. Uh... When it comes to reverse harem. Oh, it was um, Nisekoi. Nisekoi. That mm. one's... No, I'm talking about regular harem still. So <laughs> regular harem. <laughs> just your casual regular harem. <laughs> so Nisekoi is a, is a rom-com harem show. But I would say that that one has, still has some shoujo elements to it. It's not following a female protagonist, which is usually, you know, the criteria. But this one, you know, I would be a little bit more likely to categorize it as shoujo than some of the others which are just like flat out it might be a rom-com but it's not a shoujo you know um but from this stem the birth of reverse harems which is just like it sounds it is just a reversal of of this trope where there is a female protagonist typically surrounded by men love interests um what i would think is interesting is that in a lot of these um, in a lot of regular harem anime, you see that the attention is pretty much divided between the the girls that are options, I would say. Sure. Um, Zeke has watched more harem anime than me, so he might yeah. know more. But <laughs> okay. Like, would you say that in most harem anime, where the guy is the center, that the girls kind of all... Like, it's hard to tell which one he's going to end up with. Yeah. I do want to preface this. I think the only, like real harem anime i've seen is probably quintessential quintuplets and rent a girlfriend what about girlfriend girlfriend is that not a harem oh yeah i forgot that existed really you literally <laughs> talked, talked about, about it a lot it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time um it's not a good anime by any way shape or form yeah um, it's okay we get it but like so it's usually hard to tell who they're gonna end up with right stereotypically yes in reverse harems, from what I have seen, it's usually abundantly clear who the actual real love interest is, which I think is interesting. Um, there's Kamisama Kiss, Yona of the Dawn, or in High School Host Club, Kiss Him, Not Me. Um, Kiss Him, Not Me, I'm not far enough in to say anything about that. But in the first three, while there's definitely other characters that are interested in the main heroine, it's usually pretty obvious from the beginning who, <laughs> who she's actually interested in and who she'll eventually end up with. So I don't know what that means that there's that difference, but I do think it's interesting. What do you think explains the the, the reversal in that case, right? Because you know, it, it just it just seems interesting that um, the reverse harem isn't necessarily just a complete inversion. There's also a bit more attention paid into it in that case. I would say that's because... And this is a really, like, like, like systemic sort of a understanding of, of the genre, right? But, like... In a specific example, like like Kamisamakis, uh, why does it explain in that way, or how does it sort of bear itself out? 
I would guess, and this is just me guessing from what I can infer from what I have seen, that the reason that it's not just a complete reversal of the harem genre is there's still just this bigger focus on romance rather than just, I don't want to say physicality, but I do want to say that a lot of harems are built on um, stagnant women characters with just a couple traits, and um, it's obviously not all sexual, but... I do think it tends to lean more that way, whereas in reverse harem anime, again, just the ones I've seen, it's more about emotional connection, and it's more intended to end up as an actual romance. And it's not as romantic if this anime is like The Bachelor, and um, there's all these different options, and the guy is dating all of them at the same time. Like, it's just, it's not as romantic, because it kind of betrays our fundamental understanding of how a monogamous relationship should be. Sure. But then, so in a reverse harem, there's going to be a little bit of ambiguity, but you can usually tell, like, okay, who likes her versus who's, like, way in love with her, and who is she actually interested in. And she usually just sees the rest as friends. So, like, it's this interesting... It's an interesting dichotomy. And I just think it has to do with shoujo's more focused on what women viewers typically would consider as a romance. Whereas the the rom-com harems are usually more... I would say they lean into the comedy maybe more. Sure. Well, I, the, the sort of, like, standard harem, right... It's a, it's almost a kind of power fantasy in many ways, mm-hmm. you know. It's sort of like look at look at how powerful this person is that they sort of uh, like uh, have all these people coming after them. Uh, I could see that being an argument for some reverse harems, right? But mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily seem to be the case if if it's the case where um you know the the love interest is sort of <laughs> very like tightly laid out beforehand. Another thing I think is interesting that you kind of just reminded me of is that in a lot of harem animes, the main guy who is surrounded by the girls. He's usually like the most plain, boring person ever, um, just just in general, or has very few personality traits, maybe more than the women, but like it's, it's barely there. Whereas in the reverse harems I've seen, you know, the main character, they always have like that special quality about them that makes people gravitate towards them. And I think that might be part of the reason why I like reverse harems more than regular harems, because in, in practice, they're pretty similar. But I understand reverse harems more because I'm like, oh, like, she's a really great person and she's really funny and she actually does have something special about her. So I can see why so many people want to be around her. Whereas in the harem anime, I'm always thinking, like, this man has nothing. Why are these people into him? (laughs) If we play up, like, the the, the sort of power fantasy component of it, too, you can see that, like, a lot of the a lot of the males in, in your standard harem anime are sort of just like featureless almost and yeah. they almost feel like they're sort of like avatars for the person to sort of Im- Im- imprint their like emotions onto right so that they can see them sort of just succeeding yeah. inevitably in reverse harems that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case again you say that the characters have some sort of like depth or emotion or at the very least they have characterization yeah at least that's that's what i think about it um but yeah, that's reverse harems, which are a really popular thing in shoujo. Um, like I mentioned, Kamisama Kiss, The Owner of the Dawn, Orange High School Host Club, Kiss Him, Not Me. These are all examples of reverse harems. Yes, Zeke? Didn't you just spoil Orange High School Host Club? No. Spoil what? what? The big twist at the end of the first episode. It's the first episode, and, and also I've spoiled yes. it in a previous episode before already. <laughs> she tried to not spoil it. I gi- I've given up on that. Plus, it's such an essential to shoujo that, like, at this point, whatever. 
Okay. I just didn't remember what you talked about in the first episode with that. Yeah, well, yeah, same thing happened. But anyway, um, another subgenre is the birth of BL, or boys' love. Now, this is a contentious subgenre because it can be read, and rightfully so, as the sexualization of gay men by typically straight women, who are referred to as fujoshi. And this is a very valid critique. I am not going to defend the BL genre in any way. Um, And, yeah. Um, At the time it originated, though, BL was another way that shoujo was challenging gender and sexuality norms. So it's problematic now, and it was problematic then. That's not an excuse. But it did pave the way for better representation in the future. And it laid a lot of thematic groundwork for shoujo, especially with its examinations of sexuality and gender portrayals. How do you differentiate BL and Yaoi? This is really the important question here. Um, I was under the understanding that Yaoi meant explicitly, like, sexual. Okay. And BL was just explicitly romantic. Sure. With, like, a lot of tension. <laughs> yeah, that's a very, very valid um, understanding of the two terms. Yeah. What yeah. does Fujoshi mean? I, I've never, or Fuyoshi, I, I've never heard this term before. Yeah, it's just, it's just um, a term used to refer to the again typically straight cis women who really enjoy the bl genre and it's just like it's just like a word for it it's kind of like the word otaku sure um i don't know like like i don't know degenerate what i don't know what we would call it like i'm not we don't have like an english equivalent but i think it's a cool thing to have a word for um i have personally never seen any bl shows i've seen shows that have a romantic relationship between two men like yuri on ice but that wasn't really sexualized or glamorized, so I don't really count that as BL. It was just a show that happened to also be about men in love. It's really not explicit romantically or sexually. Okay, but it's very gay. And it's you very watch gay. It. It's very gay, and it's so good. It's Everyone should watch Yuri on Ice. Um, but I've never seen anything technically BL. Two shows that I have seen, however, that are criticisms of BL are Orange High School Host Club and Kiss Him, Not Me both of which I highly recommend. I do really love anime that offer a satiric critique of their own genres and its shortcomings. And Orn High School Host Club and Kiss Him Not Me both do that really well. Do you think, and, and we'll talk about this probably later in the anime section, right? But do you, it, since Oran High School Host Club operates in so many ways as a critique, do you recommend it being somebody's first sort of shoujo to jump into? Do you think it works well enough? I mean, I think I said no last time. Yeah. But also, I think it was one of the first shoujo I ever saw. You mm. know, I saw it when I was like 13 or 14. And I think it was one of the first things I'd ever seen that wasn't fairy tale or some weird combination of uh, nudity and action, I guess, like fairy tale is. But Yeah, no, that's a very valid um, <laughs> <laughs> description of fairy tale. <laughs> I was obsessed with it, though. Um, so... But I honestly, I think it's really good. Like, my roommate's kind of an anime. I'm working on converting her into being a weeb. And I'd probably show her one of, like, Orn High School Host Club. I would probably show that to her as one of her first expositions to shoujo. Just because, like, I mean, I'd rather someone watch that than actually watch BL, probably. Um, if that still exists. Can you name some, like, like uh, examples of BL? Um, Uh, no (laughs) Um, oh oh, god pulls up notes app um no (laughs) pulls up list of favorite shows (laughs) this is what google's for 
Um, let's yeah, I'm googling it right let's now. See if any of these names even sound remotely familiar? Probably not. Well, I mean, the big one that Becca always mentions in 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 the chat <gasps> is Yarich and Bitch Club. Yarich and Bitch Club, <laughs> or um, the other one that you mention a lot. Uh, uh, the 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 bride one. Titan's bride. Titan's bride. Yeah. So. Um. Well, that's a manga about two men. It's very explicitly sexual. One is a human and one is a titan, and that is all you need to know about it. So, I have not read it. I'd like to clarify, <laughs> but I like to joke about it. So. The only one that I'm uh, I just googled BL anime and I'm going off of animeplanet.com is Given is apparently a BL anime. Okay. Okay, and this is where we kind of start to get weird because Given is a show about men in love, but it's not what people would classify as BL because, you know, you can watch it and enjoy it as a romance without, you know, being a Fujoshi and being like, oh, I only like romance when it's two men, you know? <laughs> Says the Fujoshi. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's an interesting, like, I think BL maybe is expanding as a genre, and if so, you know, it could include stuff like Yuri on Ice and Given and uh, Banana Fish and stuff like that, but by the traditional portrayals of it, I wouldn't have put them there, but again, if it's expanding, I'd say that's a good thing rather than a bad thing, so sure. I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking and... and <laughs> eerie query <laughs> um oh this is this is a fun one where, where to go it's like i don't recognize any of these because i just oh, haven't wait, watched the them first, okay first page of this it was called um love mode the kaichi on being harassed by the sexiest man on the of the year oh <laughs> bl everybody <laughs> yeah so it's good. not it it doesn't uh, necessarily fall into the hot art category generally does it <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty horny typically um <laughs> i will not claim that that's not and again i haven't seen any but if you're interested in like a criticism on bl um kiss him not me is fantastic for that and super funny oh kiss him not me is absolutely it's hilarious. hilarious i love it um haven't finished it yet though so if something bad happens i take it back um take it all back any more thoughts on bl none that we can say on the air yeah. <laughs> uh, none uh, besides how much i love it uh, <laughs> hiding hiding my power level here <laughs> all right um, anyway, yeah. yeah. So the next subgenre that I wanted to get into a little is the magical girl genre. Magical girl genre. Yes, for people not like like integrated into anime, you know, just saying like, oh yeah, the magical girl genre. It's like what? <laughs> well, um, it's a it's a genre about magical girls. You see, um, I don't really yes, know how let's... else to explain it other than that. Other than it's usually a woman or group of women who wear cute little costumes and have powers and do fun things and it's a really enjoyable genre this is where we get fantastic shows like sailor moon which is arguably the most well-known magical girl anime ever um these shows typically focus on friendship love magic and triumph in the face of adversity while mostly retaining the classic elements of shoujo in art style specifically um Sailor Moon Crystal, super good. Lots of shoujo elements. Um, I'm going to talk about the visual elements in a little bit, um, but Sailor Moon Crystal is a great show to get an introduction to those kind of visuals. Yeah, just um, one question when it comes to the magical girl genre, and we might like cover this later, but what is it, why, why does it classify itself as a shoujo? Um, so back when I was talking about kind of the things that usually classify shoujo it's stuff like 
the visuals, so the, the big shiny eyes, the long flowing hair, the, the sparkles and flowers that spontaneously appear on screen when something important happens. Yo, is that why that kept doing that in Sailor Moon Crystal? That was so weird. I don't know why I was doing that. I was like, there were just flowers and stuff sometimes, and I'm like, why? Wait, really? You just, like, did it? I didn't know that was, like, a genre thing. I was just like, why do they keep showing up on the screen? Well, that's definitely a genre thing. Um, Rip Jason. Um, yes? This goes out to Nick McConnell, who earlier today was telling me, hey, when you guys are recording Weebskers, you need to explain things so that way non-anime people understand. Magical girls are generally young people women who possess magical abilities and they use an like an ideal alter ego and they transform and stuff into like oh yeah the transformation sequence is a big part of being a magical girl there you go nick don't bully me about not explaining things now i feel like we've explained everything but i've only explained things in words that people who are already weaves would understand so i get exactly but whatever those transformation sequences were also just like they started to take up like a significant part. Oh, of the it doesn't show. get shorter. Actually, the more the more girls that get added to the group, they all have their own transformation like, sequence, there's... and that they're always full length, <laughs> and it is amazing. It's like you got what Sailor Moon, Sailor Mercury, Sailor Mars. So like, Sailor yeah, Moon, Sailor there? Mercury, Sailor Mars, Sailor Venus, Sailor Neptune, Sailor. Um, oh, there's only so many more planets. No, I think they have all the planets. I think there's, you know, there's Sailor Pluto, Pluto um, Sailor Jupiter. But Pluto's not a planet. Um, well, maybe it was when this show was made. So, <laughs> so the transformation sequences. Do they literally once all like all of them are around? Does it just become the like? Do they actually just do it for the entire runtime? <laughs> it never takes the whole twenty minutes, but they do Sometimes always like they it do. It takes nineteen minutes and fifty nine seconds. But they do always like the transformations are always like consecutive, and I think there was like maybe a couple times that they were shortened, but not often. And I remember in like I love the genre, but at the same time I was sitting there, I was like, girl, like, I gotta watch those no. ribbons come around Magical one more girl, time. Magical girl, come on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah so I, I love the magical girl genre um and i don't know it, it is usually aimed kind of towards children so maybe that's more entertaining if you're not 20 and watching this like me um i am just crazy like that but anyway uh can i suggest one magical girl show that i've actually seen oh no talk about it go for oh, it oh god the one magical girl show that i've i've seen was actually uh it's actually like uh, just an opposite sort of version of the genre, right? Where it's about the magical girls like suffering the entire time. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah, it's a really, uh, it's it's one of the more famous ones, um, at least from like the sort of like in the know crowd. It's called Puella Maggie Madoka Magica. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty famous. The characters are pretty famous. It's good, but it's not really. It's magical girl, but it, it sort of shows you how encompassing the genre is, right? Where people sort of like put it more into horror most of the time so yeah that's that's my note on that yeah no that's really interesting but you've also seen haven't you also seen Zombieland Saga oh yeah that's 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 a magical girl I guess if you count being a zombie as magic <laughs> oh wait no that's an idol yeah, show yeah it's an idol show never mind wait, do, I'm my bad guys okay, do <laughs> idol shows count as shoujo I think so I think, I think it depends probably I think it depends um I I like to say it probably depends on how the women in the idol show are characterized. Um, what if but there are no women in the idol show? It could still be shoujo. Male? It's probably it just probably BL at that point. <laughs> um, I hate to tell I was you. Like, I don't know. I think I watched like oh. two episodes of like Idol Star or something like that. 
I don't remember exactly what it's called, but I was like, ooh, a nice little music anime. And then I was like, this is weird. It's just a bunch of dudes singing, which it's I wasn't like expecting. <laughs> I would probably go that way. Uh, what's it called again, Z? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look it back up. For those people who don't have eyes on the situation, Jason is writing down the name of whatever anime Zeke think, was talking about. I mean, no, I'm not. <laughs> I think it was part of the spring season. Well, that's kind of like when I was in the manga store in San Francisco, and and Michelle was like, "Oh, oh, look, there's there's Titan's Bright. Oh, that's such a bad yaoi." And I was like, "Oh, can you tell me its name again as I write it down in my notes?" <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. It's just for research. Just for research, she says. So yeah, my bad. I thought Zombieland Saga was Magical Girl, but it's Idol, which I would also say can be in shoujo. I didn't put it on like my list, but I think I considered it. Just um, but. Again, you know, it depends whether or not the show has been taken over by Nazi fans or not, I guess, so. Wait, okay, so that that leads into the K-On discussion. Yeah. Do we count K-On as shoujo? I would count it as shoujo. It's just four high school gals having fun. They're not in, like, a weird way, you know? I'll like, they're honest. just genuinely friends. No idea what you're talking about. Who tends to be the, the uh, so the audience of shoujos tends to be women, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> or woke men and theys so keep that in mind sure but so those those were most of the the subgenres i wanted to talk about but really there's so many shoujo has expanded <laughs> to encompass stories with elements from all sorts of genres like mystery fantasy adventure paranormal period dramas in historical romances etc while shoujo is typically known for being either romance or rom-com and that can hold true not all rom-com is automatically shoujo and vice versa like Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, which is a great rom-com. I love that show. I definitely recommend it. But I wouldn't really list it as shoujo. And it's hard to define such a broad and diverse genre. And there's definitely no hard and fast rules about it. But here are a couple factors that I consider when I'm looking at shows. Specifically, a couple factors I used when I was trying to figure out what shows to include in this episode. The first thing, is the main character a girl or a group of girls or someone gender ambiguous? If they're not, it's probably not a shoujo. That is just a, a classic of the genre is that it's typically focusing on a female protagonist or androgynous protagonist. Take a look at the art style. Ah, uh, man, I'm sorry, Toradora. I gotta mark you off. <laughs> oh, is Toradora, like, isn't that... Don't they kind of focus equally on Tora and Dora? Oh, so I... Is that the two part? I guess no. Not. That's not their names. I'm just I, that's not uh, their names. So if they focus equally on like the two romantic leads, does that count as shoujo in that case? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I have so I'd have to look at it, and I'm scared if there's no sparkles and flowers that it's not gonna count. I it's definitely a rom com. I would say it's firmly a rom com. But then I go back to you know not all rom coms are shoujo, and not all shoujo are romantic. Um, not all shoujo are romantic. No, I mean, because I mean, if you're counting stuff like idol shows, like those are usually based around friendship. That's fair. Power and so it's of usually friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! But like shoujo, um, it, it does typically focus on relationships and connections, but those are not always romantic. Um, so like Sailor Moon, there's romance in Sailor Moon, but the romance is not really the end goal of Sailor Moon or the the main plot point. I would say it's usually the friendships that you know Sailor Moon is making with the other sailors and her friends and overcoming adversity together. So that's why not all uh, shoujo is romantic. Um, and again, I, I would come back to idol shows or about shows where it's usually all women, um, 
not that you know there can't be romantic elements to that but typically there haven't been um and taking a look at the art style you know the eyes are usually pretty big they're shiny there's usually long flowing hair when something emotional happens do flowers and sparkles appear on screen that's a big indicator of a shoujo the flowers and the sparkles they will come up um as jason was talking about in sailor moon (laughs) and so those are really the only two things I've been looking at. Honestly, shoujo is more of like a gut feeling than anything. There's no broad, I mean, there's no exact definition for a genre. And I'm not trying to gatekeep, you know? So like, I, I, there's arguments for everything. I have my own opinions about it, of course, but she scratches out another <laughs> thing on his list. Uh, it's a gut feeling. Sorry, Toradora, you're back off the list. <laughs> okay, yeah. I want to interject really quick because I found the end. It's... I then like a literal star symbol chew like C H U. Dude, I chew means kiss. Hell yeah. C H U. Yes. Oh. And you were just like, oh, this is about some dudes being bros. <laughs> like that's the vibe. Okay, okay. So I watch. <laughs> Yuri on Ice was like the straightest thing ever, bro. Oh, dude, Yuri on Ice. Oh, I haven't seen Yuri on Ice. Skating it was kind of boring. Okay, to be to in my defense, I only saw the first two and a half episodes. <laughs> of I chew. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing this with me. It'll be good uh, research for the shoujo uh, episode we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll read this later and comment about it. Yeah. Like and subscribe, guys. God. So, I mean, like, yeah, shoujo's more of a gut feeling. Like, if you in your heart think something is shoujo, I am not going to dox you. I might argue with you, but I'm not going to, like... dox <laughs> you. Just saying. <laughs> so, and plus, I mean, shoujo's constantly becoming more blurred and more diverse. And we will only continue to see the lines between subgenres and lines between shoujo and other types of manga dissipate even further. So really, shoujo's what your heart wants it to be. I guess that's my my end saying. Um, so yeah, for the history of shoujo and kind of its different components, those are the main things. That's most of it. Um, so next, we're just going to be talking about some of our favorite shoujo's. Um, I have quite a long list. Um, does anyone else want to go before me? Because according to Becca's like definition of it, I guess I've really only fully seen one shoujo, technically. Kimi no Todoke, which I know you're going to be talking about. Should be talking, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, I, think it, I think it's on my list. If not, you can talk about it. I Dude, I don't think I'm like versed enough or like don't remember enough. I just remember it's very like, yeah, flowery whenever a girl is like, ooh, dude. All right, Even this was a bad like, idea. Realize she's like into the dude. So I am okay. So with Kino Dota, okay, if we can start with that first. So just can you uh, talk about the plot for a sec? Because it's pretty, it's pretty cute, isn't it? Yeah. So Kimini Todoke, or from me to you in English, um, it's a rom com following the life of high schooler Sawako, ostracized for her similarity in looks and name to Sadako, the creepy girl from The Ring, like the one who crawls out of the TV with the hair covering her face. Okay, I did watch five episodes. I didn't realize that's what the reference was to. I just <laughs> that sounds so stupid. <laughs> thought like oh yeah she looks like the girl from the ring Sawaka. I, I don't know what the like <laughs> I realize I've never seen the ring sure well, it's like they call her what. by the wrong name in the in the I I don't know how I blank that one. that's okay that's okay <laughs> honestly it's fine but anyway so her high school is kind of you know everyone's terrified of her because she looks like and her name is really close to um the name of this horror movie villain girl whatever and you know Sawako's a little 
she's a little awkward she's a little socially awkward um she's she has the best intentions but she doesn't know how to make them come across well um so she's just adorable and i love her and i also love the fact that her face is almost never fully animated <laughs> it's always just in like chibi form i think it's so funny yeah. really yeah oh i didn't okay well like, it might, be, it might come more later yeah. too but yeah. like they almost just never fully animate it because it kind of lends I think to the you are factor. you are exaggerating a bit i mean there is a lot of like normal animation of her face but it does happen Quite frequently. Hey, I was, I, I just more than in other shows. More than, yeah. Like, more than you would, like, more than it probably should, but it does happen frequently. I like it. It, it looks like they put zero effort into her face, and it's just so <laughs> funny. Um, so I think it's a really cute show. It's a rom-com, as I mentioned, but, you know, it's also about, you know, Sawako, like, branching out, making friends, socializing. Um, she's really super, super sweet, so it's also about everyone in the school kind of realizing that and learning to be less scared of her. Um so it's super cute. I liked it a lot. The second season is super frustrating. Um, yeah. It's worth it, I think. Maybe. It, but also, maybe you could stop at season okay. one and be fine. <laughs> you guys say that. Can we get, like, like just a taste of why it's so, so frustrating? It I don't want to spoil it. It's a lot of unneeded frustration that could be, of like, it's not, like, anything against the anime in of itself. It's the way they wrote it, which is, like, it's fine. I understand. The, but it's, it's also, like, that's a part of the genre. Right. And it's just, like, as an anime viewer the character decisions just like didn't make sense despite it making sense in the writing and that is always this is a thing i love to talk about with shoujo miscommunications needless miscommunications yes specifically in romantic relationships are so common and so utilized in shoujo so like i it just you know both characters being in love yeah. with each other and basically saying it out loud but the other one just doesn't quite get it <laughs> and like they think they hate them and then they're depressed and then the other one thinks they got rejected so they get depressed this is a theme that comes up in shoujo all the time um especially shoujo that are more like traditional shoujo mm-hmm. like kimini todoke which i mean it's traditional shoujo and like it's plot but also um i think it's uh way of representing the character was pretty new and yes. fresh and funky um you know um, making her scary was i thought really interesting because i hadn't seen that before mm-hmm. but this whole thing of miscommunication super common super utilized um i kind of love it but it's also it's very frustrating yes. because you just you're like oh you just now, just get together i will say um i did kind of get bored of the main romance after like 10 episodes Good for you. I, I definitely enjoy, enjoyed the, the one, like, little side character romance thing that was, like... Oh, I did not. <laughs> I just thought it was a bit more enthralling at times because it did it, it does get a little stale. And I think that's, like, one of the things that, like, you can only do the back-and-forth miscommunication romance crap for so long before it just kind of, like, gets to the point of, like, yeah, just, like, get together, Jesus Christ. Do they do the miscommunication stuff so much? Is there, like, a, a purpose to it beyond it being, like, it is, a kind it's, of... The purpose is to prolong the romance. I think, yeah, <laughs> the, the, it's, like... it's to prolong because, like, you don't want to... People don't want to see them after they've already started dating. People want to see the lead-up. They want the tension. And, you know, so a lot of the is about prolonging that tension. And it's also about the feelings that it evokes in the audience. Like, you watch that, you know, you're getting all embarrassed. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that. Or, like... And it just, it, it's more engrossing that way, I think. Yes? Of the 30 episodes of Kimi maybe 30 of them were the back and forth miscommunication. Of the 30? <laughs> maybe 30? <laughs> oh, of the th- I said of the 38. Oh. No. <laughs> Did I? I, I don't mean, know. I'd say of the 38. I'd say that it gets worse in the second season, I th- for sure. The first season, um, you know, there's a little bit of it, like as much as there would be in any shoujo romance, probably. But in the second season... 
uh, it gets really intensified and it's really frustrating because season one ended things on what you thought was a high note and then you come back and season two makes you want to die downhill yeah downhill is it not sort of odd then that shoujo sort of uh, it sort of acts like the the drama ends once they get together is that like sort of interesting well are there examples of shoujo that sort of break that where you know even after being together there's still obviously relationship drama and that sort of thing I don't know. Um, I've never really made it that far because a lot of rom-coms don't get more than two seasons, so it's kind of hard to tell. So, like, um, Kimi ni Todoke, um, obviously you can go look up spoilers for the manga if you want to find out, you know, how everything ends. Do these people, blah, 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 end up together, which I do because they're never going to get adapted, so I just go look up the spoilers. <laughs> um, but what was the question? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are there examples... Oh, where they end up together. Yeah, and um, no, not not necessarily where they end up together. And there's more. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, well, yeah, in Kimi ni Todoke, the characters there is a relationship between characters for a few episodes, and like it didn't end as soon as I thought it did, which was good because a lot of times you know they'll vaguely get together and the show will end forever. <laughs> but um, they oh really? Oh, <laughs> damn! I don't even want to talk about this one anymore then. Why? <laughs> watched like five episodes. I was really enjoying it. I didn't say anything bad about it. Well, yeah, but now the drama's gone. Jason's now just pouting in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, Midsummer's great. You should keep watching it. But um, it yeah, it, it you know it's one of the things that were like you know the show just abruptly ends. Although I think we're getting into season two actually. So. Oh. So, right. no, <laughs> Jason is now rewriting Midsummer next to the crossed out Midsummer. <laughs> anyway, um. I'm not trying to spoil stuff, I promise, but some of the stuff just kind of has to come out. But then, like, in Sailor Moon, there is, at some point, a relationship, and there's still definitely... I haven't gotten to it yet because I thought Sailor Moon Crystal was only one season, and I was wrong, and I wasn't ready for the emotional trauma of watching more yet, so I stopped after season one, and then... But there is a relationship, and I think there is drama after the relationship begins, so there's that. The relationship with, with is uh, Sailor Mercury and the main character, right? What was your question, Zeke? Aww. Um, I just wanna I just wanna make a note. The amount of times you said, Oh, I finished season one, then I never realized there was a second season. <laughs> well, okay, it's be really here old... or just like when we're chatting. That's probably only like three times, but that's still a lot. That's more than it should be. Yeah. because um, I... the same thing happened with um, oh, a psychopath! Because psychopath is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I watched the first season, and I, I watched the first two seasons, and I didn't know there was more. But there's a there's a third season. And then he did that of his war. Oh yeah, wait, there's another season. Yeah, season two. But I think I might have watched that yeah, and just not realized I was in season two. I didn't like the ending. <laughs> which one's the wait? Which what, ending? Yeah. The, the ending where. Um, nothing happens, basically. The balloon ending or the first ending? I don't know what you're talking about. Then, yeah, uh, no, yeah. you haven't seen season two yet. No! It's <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. Um, anyway, so I hope that answered maybe your question about very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the question was. Um, so that's kind of Kimi ni uh, Todoke, which is a great rom-com. You know, we've talked at great lengths about Sailor Moon Crystal. Um, which actually, you know, ran starting in 2014 as a remake of the original, and it just wrapped up this year with the Sailor Moon Eternal movie, which looks amazing, has great reviews. I'm still, like, two seasons behind, so I can't watch it yet, but um, I'm very excited. 
this is something I will finish. I promise. It's not just going to die. Uh-huh. Um, after, uh, after you finish One Piece, obviously. Um, um, <laughs> no comment. Uh, another hilarious rom-com is My Next Life is a Villainess. I like this one a lot, actually. I watched this when I was trying to avoid watching more One Piece, I think, or... Fair. or NGE or something. I was I was avoiding some show. I don't yeah. know. You talked a lot about how much you like this one, so I'm interested to hear what it's about. It's uh, so it's a rom-com and it and it's a reverse harem kind of, except it's not because it's not reverse. It's a female protagonist with a group of people who are in love with her, but it's men and women and I love it so much. Um it follows an otaku or a nerd specifically into anime, manga, and visual novel video games who one day realizes she's been reborn into the world of one of her favorite video games slash visual novels. But she was reborn huh? into it as the villain. So this we're talking about an isekai shoujo then? Yes! <laughs> Isn't it so cool? Oh, uh, yes. The cursed genre meeting the better genre. <laughs> yeah, it's actually so good though because hey, it's like that... the only isekai that I've watched and not been like, Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, the cursed genre meaning the better genre? That's an insult to shoujo. Uh, <laughs> jokes. Jokes. But, um, so yeah, she she's played this game, like, to death. So she knows all the endings. And she knows that the villain either ends up, like, dead or exiled. And so suddenly, you know, she's the villain and she needs to figure out how to survive. And so it's really funny because she takes this very utilitarian mindset where it's, like, mapping out all the endings. I remember all the things I need to say. And, like, here are the ways I can... She's, like, nine, I think. And she's, like, here are the ways I can prevent myself from dying at 16. So it's, like, it's really funny. She has little conferences in her head with herself, which I think is hilarious. It's very inside out, but it's better because it's um, pretty anime girl. And I don't know. I think that the, the romances are really funny. Um, I love that there's some women love women going on in there. It's, it's really cool. Um, it's definitely super funny. I haven't finished it yet because it looked like it was going to end soon and I didn't want it to end, so I didn't finish it. But it's really good, so everyone should okay. watch it. I just want to take a second here. To dissect, like, the psychology of Becca ending shows, like, before their ending, is, this might be, like, a, a theme here. Like, Outs- okay, Becca, outside of Neon Genesis Evangelion, how many shows have you finished yes, the last good... six months? Yes. Six months? Okay, well, I've been watching One Piece <laughs> yes. for so long that that's a pad. <laughs> yes. We could even just go ever. Um, I never finished Sword Art Online. I've te- technically not finished Attack on Titan. I didn't finish Fairy Tale. Um... Okay, not finishing Fairy Tale. I never finished Blue Exorcist. I never finished Black Butler. I never finished Future Diary because I found out my favorite character was going to die. Never finished Code Geass. Um, Never finished Noragami. Never finished Seraph of the End because it got too intense. Um, I did finish FMA and FMAB. So, I never finished Gangsta because it looked like someone was going to die. I did... I did watch Hetalia, but that's not much of like a that's not a flex. <laughs> like, oh, I, I have not finished Hunter Hunter because even though it's one of my favorites, the Chimera Ant arc is just so intense, and I looked, I saw some spoilers, and now I won't finish it. Um, I haven't finished JoJo's. Um, not finishing JoJo's is also based. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Haven't finished Psychopaths. Um, haven't finished Sailor Moon Crystal. Look, you might say that this um, is a needless detour, but I'm really fascinated in why. Like, what percentage of the shows do you just not finish, Becca? I'd say at least 50%, if not more. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I was say, like, my list is maybe, like, three-fourths the size of hers that I've watched. At least I finished an overwhelming majority of mine. I can't. 
Have I even... Oh, I didn't finish Special A because I really liked it, but about halfway through, I, you know, like those episode descriptions will show you what the next episode's about, and if it looked like I didn't want to, like, I was going to like it, I just never watched it, <laughs> but I can't, like, skip an episode, so <laughs> I just, I just stop. Um, let's see. Um, I'm still in, like, season three of My Hero Academia, even though I love it. Um, so how much of a badge of honor is it for a show to be finished by you? Or is it just like a matter of it never like... It's just a matter of me not having enough brain cells to like get scared by it, I guess. Fair. Um, let's see. Because well, I have like on my list, I have like like blue means Maybe. completed and purple means in progress. And then I have another one for behind. And there's just a lot that are in progress or behind. Because it's like I like the show a lot and I want to finish it. But I don't want it to end, so I'm not going to finish it ever. So you didn't finish my next slice of Villainous. No, I didn't. How many more episodes do you have There's left? probably only like four more episodes. It's a short show. Oh, I'm crazy for not finishing the last six episodes of Oran High School. Okay, but you said that you didn't want to finish it. No, I didn't. I just oh. said that I was busy. Oh, I thought, I thought, I was like, why don't you finish it? And you're like, well, do they get any better? And I was like, well, God, it's just a good show. Um, but I mean, my favorite ever book series is um, Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. And the yeah. final installment in the series has been out for three years. And it's just been sitting on my shelf and I haven't read it because I can't make myself finish it. <laughs> so like, this is just a theme in my life. Um, but anyway, um, watch Kiss Him, Not Me. And... My next life is a villainess. Um, uh, kiss him, not me. Have you finished that one? <laughs> um, um, no. But you know, it's so short that I'm like, oh, I don't need to finish it now because it's short. Um, <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, kiss him, not me. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. It's a critique on boys' love, um, and it's actually really interesting because you know it's this this female otaku nerd person who's really into BL, so male on male relationships, and. You know, she has a lot of hot guys at her school, and she's not interested in them. No, she wants them to get together with each other. But then one day, her favorite character in one of her visual novels dies. And so she locks herself in a room for her week, which I am sad to say has probably happened to me before. So I get it. But she comes out of it, and she has drastically wa um, lost a ton of weight. And not only that, it has completely changed her appearance, you know, and her voice even, it completely changes her voice, which I thought was a really interesting statement on like fat phobia in an anime because they do do that. They give fat characters like a completely different voice, even though like that is not a real thing that exists in real life. So I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, well, I'm a bit more mixed on that representation. I've also locked myself in my room for a week. I did not come out as a. Oh, a I didn't say that part. I, I, I know. I did not. I did not. Uh, I did not come out the main character, but I did lock myself in a room for a week. I think that's the common thread. But, um, and so suddenly all the guys are into her, which is another critique on fat shaming in media because she. Like, it, it should not have changed her facial features, but they went from not even animating her face completely, they just gave her glasses, to suddenly, like, animating her face, and she has these big sparkly eyes, and she looks so good in her little uniform. And so it's, it's a great show, but it's super interesting for its critique on that, as well as boys' love. Um, and so now the guys are into her, and there's actually some, like, self-realization moments where I think one of the guys, like, someone asked him, like, well, you didn't even like her before. I've always liked her. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. So it's really good. Um, I definitely recommend it, especially if you kind of want to get a taste for BL genre without um, actually watching it because mm, um, an Orin High School host club, I've talked enough about that. I don't need to bring that back up again. 
Kami-sama Kiss is uh, a... Okay, I, I'm interested in this one. Because, you are? Yeah, no, you've recommended it so many it's times. It's so, so good. I, I think it's one of your few 10 out of 10s too, so... Yes, it is. And that is not to say it's not problematic because I could... There's some stuff in Kami-sama Kiss that I will not talk about because I cannot defend it, but um, <laughs> the other stuff is great. It's a classic shoujo-style rom-com with lots of sparkles, lots of blushing, and adorable romance. It's kind of a reverse harem, only in the sense that there are more than one character interested in her romantically, but really only one of them has a chance, and we know that from the start. Like, that is something that is made very clear, um, which we talked about earlier. So it, it follows um, a high schooler who gets turned into a minor land god, and then she has to live at the shrine and learn to perform godly duties. Definitely recommend this one. It's probably the most traditional shoujo type show on my list, but it's super good. Yes, because you've told me about this before, right? So obviously I did obviously retain most of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is, uh, like, is is that actually the best sort of introduction to the genre, given that it, it sort of is this functionally a piece of genre fiction, but it, it distinguishes itself by doing it so well? I think that's, it kind of depends on who's watching it and what experience they have. Just because, you know, if you're not someone who typically really enjoys media that focuses on a romance, like you're not, that you just don't love rom-coms, then like, I wouldn't start with Kamisama Kiss because it's very much, at its core, an essential shoujo-style rom-com. I would start with something maybe more like the, the the satirical ones I mentioned, like Orin High School Host Club, Kiss Him, Not Me, My, My Nice Life is a Villainess, because why those all have elements of a real romance in there somewhere. They're not as explicit, and they poke more fun at the genre. And so I think if you're someone who kind of struggles to get into that romance mindset for watching shows, which has never happened to me because I love rom-coms and I would die for them. Um, but for others, you know, like if that's just not your style of show, that makes sense. I would start with maybe a more satirical one. And then if you kind of like those elements more than you thought you would, then you might be able to go into a show with like Kamisama Kiss with a more open mind towards a just full-on romance. But if you already know you like romances, then I would say go for it. That's kind of my my opinion. Sure, totally. So I, I like that one a lot. It's super good. And I do think it's funny. I just, it's not funny in the same way like the satirical ones are funny, you know? Like there, there's very different humors there a more in, like a different interesting take on shoujo romances is snow white with the red hair i actually watched this one like on a whim a lot of these i've kind of just seen on a whim because they popped up on crunchyroll or netflix and i was like oh i guess i'll watch this instead of <laughs> nine thousand other shows i'm supposed to be watching or psyche k again or psyche k again i've seen it too much um <laughs> i think one time i was doing homework at my uncle's house because i used to i lived there for one summer and and then you I, just started watching psyche k <laughs> Wow, my story is done. Thanks, Jason. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I had Psyche K on, but obviously it's in Japanese, and I wasn't looking at it because I was doing my homework, and my uncle was like, why do you even have it on? You don't speak Japanese, so, like, you can't you can't follow it. And I was like, I know what's happening. I've seen this so much. I don't need to. Out of curiosity, how many times have you rewatched Psyche K? In, in its entirety? Not like once. in general. Oh, four or five? <laughs> it's so funny i can't help it um so snow white snow white with the red hair is a romance following an alchemist who free flees her home country after turning down being the prince's concubine bad bitch behavior anyway um she moves to the neighboring country and strikes up a friendship or maybe more with the prince there it's super cute i really liked it 
I'm impatiently wa awaiting more episodes, which will probably never come because we just don't ever get more shoujo. Wait <laughs> like, a minute. The bad bitch behavior is not being a princess concubine to go run away to be another princess concubine? Oh, okay, she's not his concubine. <laughs> she is an independent <laughs> state alchemist. They just happen to be in love. I don't want to talk about it. Um, anyway, so. I'll <laughs> 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 oh, murder you. I'll kill your entire family. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's wrap it up. No, I mean, there's definitely, like, I'm not going to say that shoujo's inherently not sexist. Because something can be feminist and also have misogynistic undertones. Because, you know, the male gaze permeates everything. And also, like, you know, it's hard to have a romance without also somehow making it a little bit kind of weird because I, you are taking away someone's autonomy a little. When Back they enter up with a like the the giga take here, all romance is bad. Oh, I'm just saying. I feel that no, I, no, I but I see your critique obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and like so with shows like this, like you know, you're doing something like feminist or um or I guess just you know normal human thing by not wanting to be someone's concubine you want to continue your career so you just run away to another country as one does and it's weird because they do end up making her fall in love with someone else and follow that line so it, it is interesting because you're making it more about the relationship but i i would say this differs from other shows um or a lot of shoujo does it okay where you know, like, she does enter a relationship, but she is not really giving up anything to do it. And I think that's mm. what's important. Um, you've talked a, a few times now about this industry standard to just not give shoujo second seasons. <laughs> or to, And I've kind of noticed this, too, with just, like, a certain slice of life sort of, like, categorizations along with shoujo. They just don't get their second season, even if they set it up. So mm -hmm. can, can you speak to that at all? Like, why is that? Oh, it's so frustrating. Like, I'm probably never going to get a second season of Snow White with the Red Hair. Yona of the Dawn, which is my, like, one of my favorite reverse harems ever. It's really true, the name, because it's pretty horny for a reverse <laughs> harem. So it's really good. But, um, like, that never gonna get a second season um probably ever so you just gotta look up the manga spoilers if you do you, do you really want to talk about that because i mean we can get into that there there, there is a discussion there sure. uh, just like, about i mean like short uh, and simple it's because generally anime caters the dudes yeah dudes mm. don't watch shoujo they don't get the money yeah sure. or i don't know it's just also shoujo is just such a it's like capturing a fleeting moment in time. It's so beautiful, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hard to sometimes prolong it, I think. And so, like, these are shows that I'm obsessed with, but it's definitely more of, like, a cult following than a, sure. like, a cult classic than a mainstream hot take, you know? Uh, well, we have to talk about the mainstream hot take. No! There is one, <laughs> there is one and we're kind of at the end of the list here. So, if you're not willing to jump on this sword, I will. Okay, okay, I'll do it. Okay, because I I'm not going to go so, so, super in-depth, but... I watched a season of Fruits Basket. Indeed you did. That's my bequest. Yes. And I still haven't gotten... Uh, uh, I still haven't forgiven you, Becca. Sure. I, haven't, I haven't forgiven myself either, Jason. So I, I will start by saying that, obviously... Uh, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and there are a lot of uh, Behold beholders. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> so there are a lot of uh, beholders who really enjoy Fruits Basket a ton. I watched a season. I don't get it. 
I will go one step further. I watched the season and I hate that show with a passion. Um, I will say just from my opinion, right? Uh, I was told that it would be like, like you know, it would be like shoujo with a dark twist, right? Okay, well, I also wa- said that before I figured out just how dark you like your shit. Dude. Okay, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. I went into it like, oh, dark twist. Let's see what's up. And it's like a person gets slapped once and it's like, Gah. No, okay, that's not what I was talking about. I mean... It just gives me that gross feeling that I've talked Mm. with you about before. And it happens more at the end of season one and definitely the beginning of season two. Um, For those of you who don't know what Fruits Basket is, it's an extremely successful manga turned anime about a girl. I forgot her name. Do you remember her name? Toji? No, no, oh, no, 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 It's Toru, it's Toru. Toru, that's what I Thank you, thank you, though, that helps, I guess. Even though that's, like, an NGE character. Anyway, so it has, it follows the girl Toru, who has just recently become homeless, as, I guess, that's another trope um, in, in shoujo. And she lives in a tent on some random property that she Wait, doesn't... say tent? <laughs> tent? 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 You're saying tent. She lives in a tent. She lives in a tent. In a tent. <laughs> People are saying the same word over and over again. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, you're processing way too much I in that. What? Whoa, my bad, I'm hearing bro. tent, like, like car tent. <laughs> you're, putting too, you're putting too much I in that. It's got to be more we on the tent. Tweet! <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like in a campground, right? She's living in this campground. Yeah, and it turns out to actually be the property of the mysterious Soma family, who is just in case you didn't know, the Soma family is a family of hot men and one woman, Um, (laughs) or maybe three women, perhaps. Okay, they aren't all hot. Oh yeah, that's true. They're all meant to. They're meant to be hot. They're meant to be hot. I disagree, Um, and. The, so she moves in with the Somas to um, become their housemaid and emotional dumpster. But um, people like it a lot. Um, there's romance elements. There's some love triangle. Um, I personally hated it so much that it gives me um, ulcers. But I do... Um, <laughs> it's like, it's fine, though. It's fine. Um, it's just, it's not my thing. Um, Toru is not... I would say a very well-developed character, which of course is not her fault. Um, that because she's you know not real, but it is the fault of someone. <laughs> and you know, that's a good point. <laughs> Damn, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I hate Toru. I just hate the way that since she's the titular like main character, she is not getting like I feel like she's not being portrayed well. Um, and so the, the the plot of the the story is that. If someone in the Soma family hugs someone of the opposite sex, they turn into an animal of the Zodiac. I forgot that plot point. Yeah, you that's the whole like... plot. <laughs> forget that part. <laughs> so Toru, of course, accidentally hugs someone every episode at least once. It gets old really fast to me, but whatever. Um, I just think that it's kind of... Um, I don't love it because, you know, she basically moves in to be their maid and... Um, I, I, I don't like that. And she's their therapist for free, too, yeah. which, like, I just, I don't love. And I know it's because she's supposed to be this really nice person, but I think you can be nice without, take like, getting walked all over by people. And I just don't think that line got walked really well here. But a lot of people really love this show, and I don't want to say, like, your taste sucks. It's just not for me. 
I um, mean, yeah, so far, if you, if you don't mind me jumping in. Yeah. Um, so far as, like, a, a rom-com is supposed to emulate some sort of, like, facet of romantic life, right? This idea that you can just be, like, she's basically, like, Jesus, almost. Like, she, yeah. she's just, like, helping everybody. She basically doesn't have a character, right? You're basically helping a group of people who are all cursed to have, like, just awful lives. And she's just smiling the entire time. Mm. And it's, like, like Jesus, you know? Um, yeah, that's yeah. a great take. Let's, um... Um, Toru is God? Question mark. I think maybe. Yeah, and it just doesn't really like. Oh, what are you telling people in that case? Let's say that you're like moralizing, mm-hmm. right? You're just saying like, oh yeah, if you have like, if you're in a situation where literally everybody depends on you to function, right? Then you should just be happy with it. You know, it's just not. It's not great, and is it? I just don't like the example it sets for. Um, I guess how women are supposed to act, but then also like the definition of selflessness, like. You don't have to literally not have any of your own goals to (laughs) be selfless. Like, you don't have to make your every goal simply helping other people reach theirs to be selfless. That's not the same thing. And you can be kind without, um, well, unfortunately, being dumb. Um, I love Toru, but she's, like, (laughs) canonly dumb. And, like, it's just, like, it's one thing to be dumb and then also have, like, other traits. But, like, she kind of just gets that one. It makes me so sad because, like, you know, I... I love women. I love good representation of women. And this just isn't one to me. Um, But I also know that, you know, other people have constructed different meaning from this show. And I'm not going to shame you for that. Like, obviously, people construct their own meaning from everything they watch. And if this means a lot to you, don't let me ruin that. I just don't like it. (laughs) But, I like, that's kind of where I see the difference between something like that and something like Kamisama Kiss is where the main character in Kamisama Kiss is super nice, super beautiful, loves to help people. But you know what? She's also a little grumpy. <laughs> she's really lazy, you know? And she's got her own thing going on. So, like, I that's why I like her so much. Because she, I think she's more of someone, like, I would rather have a little child who looks up to the main character from Kamisama Kiss, who I don't remember the name of, and that's why I'm talking about it like this, <laughs> um, than have someone be looking up to Toru from Fruits Basket. But, again, that is just me personally. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally um, agree with that. If we're airing out, like, the, the, the shoujo choices, um, which we don't like, that will probably piss a lot of people off. Can I mention the, the other one? Sure. What is it? Uh, it's another one? So the one that I didn't like that I watched, like, a season and a half of, basically, uh, was Clanad. I haven't seen it, so go off. Well, how do I explain it? It's basically, like, like how do you say it's basically like um emotional terrorism set pieces sort of like loosely strung together from part to part right oh good there's not really any like like constitutive logic to it it's just like how do we like like here's x point where we want the audience to cry right how do we get to that point right and it all feels very business like you know that's fair um and yeah so it just what it just didn't do it for me right it didn't feel like there was anything to it it just did feel like like sort of its trajectory was to these sad points and once you got done with that let's just start the new arc to get to the sad point honestly um it's not even because i freaking love sad stuff Mm -hmm. you know but if if you're just like constructing your entire sort of your entire sort of being in a story around it it just sort of rings hollow eventually yeah no that makes sense and again i haven't seen it so i really have no no opinion but sure um Okay, you got any opinions, Zeke? Well, what were the ones you were going to mention? I was like, no, I think, according to Becca's definition, it's the only one I've seen was probably Kimi Nita Toto. Okay, I mean, I've seen, like, All This War, but that's... Google this, apparently, that's considered Sinan? Which is a whole different thing? 
What's signing? Great question. Not really sure. Um, <laughs> Next episode's going to be on signing. What, what is it? Yeah, yeah whatever the heck that is. None of us know what that is. Uh, no. I mean, I, I you can still, like, what are some of the other ones that you were going to talk about? Like, again, my definitions are not concrete so like i was like probably just that I, that's okay. the only one that i have any sort of like substantial thoughts on i but, think eh. i think love and, love is war is a great rom-com yeah. but yeah. I, I would say it's not shoujo like i would say pretty determinedly it's mm-hmm. not shoujo but it's again, almost more like a comedic version of a shoujo i would, I would just say that, that it, again it can be a rom-com without being a shoujo it's very romantic and very funny but i would say it has none of the traditional elements of a shoujo sure i think that and i was going to mention your line april but I just it it I'm not comfortable saying it's it's a it's a shoujo. Quite. And it's kind of, kind of more slice of life romance, which like yeah. you know, Horamiya is a really great slice of life mm-hmm. romance from this most recent spring or winter season. I think it was winter. Winter, winter? yeah. I just get confused because they're the same thing to me. Um, but it. <laughs> no. Well, the, it, it ends in the spring. Like, it went from winter to spring. So, like, I never know which one yeah. that is. Anyway. Spring ends in summer. Yeah. Um, next Holy question. Shit, what's happening? <laughs> but, um, but, um. Becca doesn't understand how anime seasons work. But, um, but, um, uh, but Horamiya is really good. It's a slice of life and it's mm-hmm. a romance. And I would say it has some shoujo elements. I did see some sparkles, I think, at some points. But I would also say that it's more of a slice of life. And so that's God, we're also We're going to have to do an entire episode about slice of life now, aren't we? That's why I didn't really bring it up in this episode, really. It's because I figured that could probably be its own thing. Because, like, slice of life, you know, it can have shoujo elements. And some slice of life can be right. shoujo. But not all slice of life is shoujo. And that's, I think sure. it's super fascinating to, well, to look at you, these. Yeah, it shows you how sort of, like, rich the, the genre is, too, right? That we were able to talk about it. For one hour forty, with a genre, with a definition that didn't include some of the like these giant sort of romance esque hemispheres, right? Like mm-hmm. we didn't do like a, a dive into harem, thank God, um, or like <laughs> oh, <laughs> do a dive into X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm just glad that we got to talk about Fruits Basket because Becca was so like adamantly not wanting to talk I about it. I have so many thoughts about Fruits Basket, but I don't want to um, sing them right now. Um, Maybe one day I'll publish my essay on it. But, um, again, I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. If you enjoy it, good for you. I just cringe every time I walk in a Hot Topic and I see so much Fruits Basket merch. I am interested. How much of shoujo actually comes down to the aesthetic, right? I would say, honestly, a lot of it. Okay, but if I have, like, a a show about, like, death, destruction, and mayhem, but I throw, like, glitter and, I would say that you could almost rule that a shoujo. Like, I would say, like, that's one of the beauty, uh, one of the things that's beautiful about the genre is that, you know, since so much of it is up to the aesthetic of it, that, like, I mean, it's, like, you know, Zombieland Saga is about idols, but it's about them being dead. So, it's, like, but it's still an idol show. You wouldn't argue that it's not an idol show just because idol shows are typically not about death you know so i think it's i would love to see that show if it exists um zombie i know no no (laughs) i know an idol show that tackles death quite well okay don't talk all right and um i think it's about time to wrap up the episode that was a good talk jokes on you guys next episode's mecca oh god are we doing shonen part two next no No, we're doing mecca next oh no i don't want to talk about mecca that means i have to watch some what about hey. Voltron? I can talk about Voltron. You can talk about Ad Astra Lost in Space. Isn't that Mecca? I don't know. No. <laughs> anyway. What the heck is Ad Astra? <laughs> oh, shit. I was combining.
combining like a 2019 movie with. <laughs> It sounded like you were saying the Genshin Impact thing, like the Adestra Abisoke or whatever they say when they... What? We know when you claim your commission rewards? All right. Yeah, so anyway, thank you for joining us for our discussion on shoujo or for Becca talking about shoujo. Um, I'm really passionate about anime in general, but specifically the shoujo genre. I think it's really interesting. I think, as I've mentioned, you know, it's just going to continue to grow more and have room for more stories to be told. So I'm excited to see what happens next. But, um, yeah, we'll see you guys next time for the episode we're going to do on mecha anime. Oh, boy, I can't wait to write it. Can't wait to watch my first mech, maybe, in preparation. Anyway, thanks. Weeb's out. <laughs>